You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All right, everyone's uh, here for the budgeting part two. Very cool. All right, uh, just as an introduction or reintroduction, I, may, I think we have a new, few new faces since last week. Um, my name's Aaron Young. I'm uh, a CPA. Uh, I, I think the mistake was made again. I'm not a, an assistant CFO. I'm just assistant controller. It's a big difference, so I just want to make sure uh, people know. Uh, and then I, I work at an internet company, and so uh, when talking about budgeting and stuff, I, this is something I have to do all the time for our company, like every day, so this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, and also um, joined here by my uh, lovely partner, Emma Fredway. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Emma Fredua. I am the non-financial counterpart of the speakers today. So I don't have a background in finances or anything of that sort. But I have, over the years, acquired some skills that have helped me uh, manage my finances effectively. As a trade, I work as a clinical learning facilitator, and that means I develop educational programs for healthcare organizations or medical groups and train their trainers to make sure they pass the information on correctly. So I have nothing to do with finances, but I, we wanted the face of a non-financial person um, sharing tips and strategies with you. So I hope we'll be able to share that information with you. So we wanted to start with a quick warm-up, a quick icebreaker. Some people were here last week. So if you were here last week, can you raise your hand up, please? Excellent. So we just wanted to do a quick icebreaker to get a general idea of what stood out to you, what one thing stood out to you last week. And for everyone, anyone who wants to participate, what would you like to take with you after the end of the session? So what one thing stood out to you last week, and what would you like to take with you at the end of this? For me, last week, what I really appreciated was the differentiation between a sinking fund and an expense fund. It's not all just one big savings fund. So that stood out to me. And what I hope to gain out of this session is to hope everybody comes up with an action plan and actually implements some of the components of it. Okay? So anyone else want to share something that stood out to them? Yes. That's great. Thanks for sharing. Anyone else? That's great. Thanks. Great. Thanks. Any other topics from last week that stood out to any of you? How about what you would like to gain from the sessions after today? What would you like to take with you? 
Yes. Okay, good. Thanks, Marina. Anyone else? Yes. What did you learn from last week? One topic that stood out to you from last week's class. Okay. Great. Okay, thanks. Okay, so we're just going to move on. Any other last thoughts or comments you would like to share? So we'll move on to the next activity. Also a review. Did you want to do this first or the true or false? True or false. We're going to assess your knowledge. Now, you don't have to have been here last week to participate. This is for everyone, okay? True or false? Budgeting is... Oh. Podcast. True or false? Budgeting is God's design for us. True. Yeah, I mean, I... I I think this, this is mostly true. It's, it, God's design for us is that he wants us to set order to things, right? And budgeting is one tool we can definitely do that um, as part of us and, and how he, he asks man not just to sort of exist out there but actually to um, subdue the world and put it to right and, and really cultivate it. Great. And then the next one is there is only one type of savings fund. Yeah, that's false, right? There's, uh, we can save for all kinds of things. We, we talked about last week emergency funds, which is the stuff that you want to have there um, for when life happens, and we all know it does, right? Your car breaks down, there's illness, you lose a job, um, versus something you're saving up for, a big purchase, or you're saving to go to a conference, or um, any, any of the other thing that you're trying to do, or even versus retirement savings, which is far out into the future. Next statement. If you want to save for the ICS this coming fall in September, you will be putting money into a sinking fund. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the suggested minimum amount to be put in an emergency fund is three months of living expenses. False. <laughs> Very. I'm sorry. Minimum amount. One month. Very good. Do you want to talk more about that, Aaron? Yeah. So I think that um, th this is a good question. We'll we'll kind of talk about it a little more. I think when we're talking about our priori priorities of what we need, we're starting out with a month, um, and then we're doing things like tackling debt. So we'll, we'll kind of go through that order and, and what, when it makes sense to do this. Ideally, an emergency fund should have a minimum of three months when it's kind of full. And I would really push people more towards the six-month side of things. Next statement, true or false. By definition, 
Tithe means 10% of something, i.e. income, property, Yeah, very good, from the heart. Right, so tithe, the thing is, it originally was in, in the Bible, um, was a tenth, um, and a lot of the Old Testament. Uh, but now, a lot, oftentimes, we're talking about our, our offering, uh, you know, uh, look at pas- passages like, God loves a cheerful giver, and it is about the heart. So I heard a lot of good responses there. He gets his, he's getting his work out <laughs> for tonight. True or false? Needs at <laughs> Okay, so let's have the podcast crew here. Okay, so needs and wants are the same thing and must both be satisfied when a person is on a budget. <laughs> and that's correct. They're completely different um, things. Only people who have been professionally trained financially can successfully manage their finances. Yeah. Thank God that's false, right? <laughs> and then last statement, it is possible to successfully manage my finances. Yeah, so that's why we're here today, right? Good. So we'll move on to the next topic. Okay, so last week we passed out some um, handouts on readiness review. How many of you were actually able to complete that? Okay, very good. Uh, (laughs) That's okay. We'll do a recap, and we're going to pass out these handouts. Frank, will you please help with the handout? And so while the forms are being passed out, by definition, This is a readiness scale, a scale from 1 to 10. 10 being I'm very ready, I am ready now to incorporate any, a lot of the things that I'm learning. 1, you're not ready, but at 7, you are at least ready to start something. If you're 6 or less, then you're not ready at all. So what this form is sharing is for if your readiness is 6 or less, to identify what barriers you think are preventing you from getting to us the S7 on the scale. And if you're seven or more, to identify which topics discussed last week or today you intend on implementing, and then next to that, list the strategies that you're going to utilize to implement those, okay? So for those who are getting this for the first time, we'll leave you to work on that um, later on. But if you worked on it last week, what are some barriers that were identified? Yes. Did someone have her hand up? Yes. Only working part-time. Okay, so that's good. So some a barrier would be working part-time, okay? Any other barriers that were identified? Okay, so for some folks, definitely working part-time, not having a full-time job or not working at all, having a family that you have to care for. These are also forms of barriers that some folks have um, encountered when it comes to situations like these. So competing factors, competing priorities, being a student, working part-time, working full-time while you're working. So all of those can be competing priorities and they can pose as barriers to incorporating some of these strategies, okay? So how about action steps, those who are seven or more? Did you identify any topics that you wanted to implement? 
Discipline, okay. Anyone else? Okay, so hold on to your sheets. I'll have Aaron come and cover a multitude of topics, and we'll revisit this, if time permits, later on today. Okay, thanks. Okay, um, before we really dive into all the topics of this week, I just wanted to take a moment to kind of briefly touch about talk about what we uh, did last week and just open it up for a little Q&A. Um, last week, we really focused on just constructing a budget and all the pieces that go into it. We delved into a few big topics like savings, uh, debt, tithing, um, and how all those fit in, into your budget, um, as well as just gave you guys a homework assignment, or if you're on the po- hopefully listening to the podcast, preparing to come to this class, you're working on actually creating a budget and just trying, looking at your, what your finances are, um, for example, for like a month, and looking at the income and the outs and just making sure that they all balance. Um, and so that's kind of what we did. Can I just briefly see a show of hands of people who kind of went back and did the homework? Um, man, all right. Well, a few less people than I'd like to see, but, you know, this is uh, a lot about what we're going to talk about today is, is just all the things that go behind budgeting and the attitudes and what really gets us there and what makes us succeed and not. Uh, and But I do want to open it up uh, also for now for a little Q&A. Is there anything that was confusing about last week or as you had questions, you maybe got stuck as you were going? Okay. Yeah, sure. Did everyone hear that? So yeah, there's cards that are running around, and if you guys think of something, or maybe don't interrupt, but want to write it down, just hold it up, and we'll we'll uh, go ahead and answer it. Yeah. Uh, working part time. Well, I I think that comment was more to, um, you know, if you're not fully employed, you know, you're not working that. 40 hours a week, um, it's definitely going to be hard to uh, be able to put together a full budget, right? It, and you have to get really creative. Um, maybe you're sharing a lot of expenses or living with family to make that work, or you're um, working a second job um, if needed to just make those ends meet. But uh, just really you know, pushing ourselves to get out there and, and uh, you know, be, being diligent um, with the abilities that we have, too. And I have a question uh, someone asked about uh, separating needs versus wants. Um, I, th- I think that goes to last week. We were, we were discussing what is a need and what is a want. And some things are probably pretty clear, like, uh, you know, going to uh, a concert for with $1,000 tickets. Hey, that sounds like a want, right? Um, <laughs> versus, uh, you know, I need to pay my rent. Right, and I gotta live somewhere. That that's a definite need. And there's a lot of stuff that feels like it falls in the middle there. Um, how about food? Right, like that can go a couple ways. That can be groceries um, and really saving there, and that you you need the basics. And then there could just be going and eating out with friends and and what that looks like. Right, um, and so I I think 
that the question, if you're asking, like, what, how do you separate what a need versus a want is, um, this is where, when you put it into practice, it'll become more obvious. So we decided, talked about last week putting a budget together and see if you wanted a budget for groceries, you have a budget for eating out, you have a budget for entertainment. You can budget anything you want. It doesn't really have to be only needs that go on a budget. It can be the wants too. That's fine. It's just at the end of the day, you have to figure out whether your income can support all of those. And then you make a lot of decisions. And even more so when you go throughout the month and you're finding out how you're actually doing versus what your plan is, then you really start correcting and deciding what a need versus a want is. Um, Oh, how do you budget when you like to eat out? Uh, not a problem in, in creating a budget for it. I think where the, the problem is when you, you go today and decide how expensive that eating out is, uh, rather than going and doing it two, three times a week, maybe it's just that once a week treat that you have. If that's the only thing that your budget's going to support. Um, it, again, it's not a number uh, as far as what's the right amount or not for everybody, it's definitely looking at what your set of circumstances are and deciding what you can do. Uh, but it, there's, there's a lot of areas that we'll talk about that feel gray, but this is what the to a budging tool really helps you do is it makes it a little more black and white. You're the one in charge of those decisions. Um, if you want to go out eat, eat a couple times a week, but maybe just you know save on groceries and skip a night of dinner somewhere else, that's up to you, you know, um, but th th this is how it, how it works, and you guys will be living with those decisions. Um, what are some tips on saving without opening three bank accounts? Ooh, great question. Um, and I would say uh, that has to do with your ability to be disciplined with money that's in the account. I think some of the tools we talk about today with the budget, you won't see it's linked to an account. Um, you can do it that way as well. Um, I do recommend that if you do have a savings account that you actually open it up. There's different types of, of situations. Like if you have a checking account, that's designed for a lot of in and out transactional type of things. Um, but a savings account, I believe you can only transfer money out three or four times a month um, before it's, uh, you may incur certain fees and that's a different type of banking thing. But it also earns interest. And you're probably foregoing that if you're not putting your uh, money that's not tied up over there. Um, okay, some good questions. All right, I think, uh, oh, go ahead, Doretha. Yeah, so the question went to, um, just for the, those in the podcast, went to uh, how do you track it? I think that's probably what we're going to be talking about a lot today. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll hold that question. And if we still have questions at the end, after seeing that, um, we'll revisit that topic. Cool. So you made a budget last week, right? Um, so what? It, what's the point of that? Like there's a lot of times where people will go through all the hard work and you'll make a budget and um, it's a nice piece of paper and you could file it away in a drawer or you know it, it may as well be a piece of artwork on the wall that just was nice to look at but you never pick it up and use it and know what to do with the thing right uh, this is the part two is I really want to teach you guys today 
how to use that budget you spent all that hard work on, on making. Um, okay, so um, in, in order to talk about that, let's talk about some of the, the big pitfalls that people have. Uh, one of the big ones, not using it. James 1, 22, 24 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Um, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Um, you know, we, we learned that scripture, I think we were going through the studies and just the importance of what the word is. Um, but remember that this is all part of God's design for us to set order and budgeting, and a budget works the same way. That if you look at a budget and then just set it down and never pick it up and try using it, um, what good is it? What's the point of it, right? Uh, and, and so what we need to do now is really move ourselves from just fictionally putting on paper and forcing ourselves to use it. Uh, a lot about what budgeting is and what makes it such a great tool is it changes our lifestyle because it forces us to make decisions consciously throughout the month rather than just guessing and you know looking at the end and just saying, hey, how do we do? Um, but really using it and uh, all the time is, is a big one, which goes to the second point, frequency of check-ins throughout the month, that it, it's not something you just want to um, have and look and say, hey, I blew it and figure it out a few weeks later when um, now all of a sudden you're, you, know, you don't have much money to talk about. Um, and then you're really scrambling to figure out what to do. Um, does that mean you just don't pay the landlord that month and you know, go without? That's pretty scary. Uh, uh, and that really gets to the last point, old habits creep back in. So when we don't put order to things, we're not working on a plan, we make shortcuts, right? We get into overspending. You know, We chew up the savings. That emergency fund that was supposed to be for emergencies and now you've um, gone after it, hopefully had one. If you don't have that, then the next uh, thing that's very common, right, is to whip out that credit card. Hey, I just need to make it through this month and I'll figure out how to make that work in the future. Um, and meanwhile, when you're paying, what, 18, 25% interest on the thing, um, you know, they're taking to the cleaners and you're just becoming a slave to it. You're seeing yourselves deeper and deeper. These are the things we want to break and that's the purpose of, of what good budging is about. Um, to delve a little bit more into the using it side, we last week talked about uh, budget. We put it down. I um, sent out an Excel model in the podcast for you guys to really sit down and work it through and try to make uh, your expenses equal your income, um, including things like savings. Right. Which the the goal of it when you finish the budget was just supposed to be a zero um, net in and out, um, but that's can be difficult to maintain, right? That was, you either did that on paper, or you did it in Excel. There's a lot of great things out there that make us a lot easier. Uh, software tools are probably the very easiest thing to do. There's some free ones out there. Um, Mint.com um, is, is well known for uh, being there. You can just get online. I think it has apps on the phone. So even as you're going throughout your day, you can, uh, hey, I spent that 869 on that expense. Let me enter it in right now. Right, you can do that. Um, phone apps, will, besides Mint, will work fine too. I tried to put a few things up here. Um, I will tell you to be careful about what you put on your phone. Uh, there's, 
it, you know, security is not guaranteed even when you're hearing things are secure, right? There's the recent target breaches in Neiman Marcus and, and things like that. Major companies who've gotten privacy wrong. Um, and so when you're putting your financial data in there, think you want to put your budget in there, maybe not necessarily all your bank account information, right? If the wrong person got hold of that, they could uh, run off with it. And phones are notorious, I think, right now for not being near as secure as maybe like an installed thing on your laptop. Um, so just be warned. Um, Quicken, I, uh, that's another software tool that's been around forever. Um, probably for a couple decades now. It's very well used. I use that uh, myself, um, and it's worked fine for me. And it has a lot of things in there like budgeting, and it does a lot more too. Um, there's different versions depending on how much you need out of the thing. But it can be a little more expensive. Mint.com, again, is great. It's free. Uh, <laughs> so, And there's a couple other out here that I, um, I've heard of, don't know as much, but they're still well-reviewed. Ace Money or YNAB, you need a budget. Um, so that's the software, and I encourage you to use it, but not everyone's there. Uh, another one that I just want to talk about is uh, maybe you've heard of the envelope system. Um, and what that is like is, and this is really a, more about changing your habits, because you'll, you figure out very fast when you use this one uh, what that's really like, is the, the idea of it is you go get a paycheck, and you go to the bank and cash it out, and then your budget, for every item in your budget, you have an envelope, you know, whether it's rent and the cash for the rent goes in that envelope, and there's another one for eating out that goes in that envelope, and so on and so on, until you've distributed cash between all the different envelopes that you're interested in, in doing. Um, and then the idea is when you want to go spend money, you have to physically take it out of that envelope. Um, you know, and that works uh, is is very good by the time you're trying to eat out and you try to pull money out of that eating out envelope and there's no more cash left, you figured out that it's time not to do that. <laughs> so it, it's pretty effective that way. Um, I think it's a little tricky and if you're talking about certain expenses, like you have to pay your utility bill or some of those other ones, like, hey, how do I pull the cash out and then give it over to the electric company? So um, definitely has merit, but then you might have to kind of mix it with writing checks and putting it back in the bank account if you really want to be strict. But it'll definitely work. Uh, and then the last one I did um, I, is probably a little bit of a hybrid of the envelope system. It's um, Excel model. I, I put this one out on the podcast. I just quickly made it. I'm going to spend a couple minutes just kind of going over what that looks like and like, how to practically do this. And I'll just do a couple rows with you and we'll make it interactive for a minute. All right, can everybody see this pretty well? Ooh, I'm going to be very careful. I'm in front of the speaker. Okay, um, what this Excel model is, and if you wanted to look at it, um, this is something you would do every time you want to sit down and do a budget. So uh, wait, like if you, we're talking about the month of June, you know, at the very top you can see from June 1 to June 30. I highlighted that June 30 because as, as you're using this, remembering that's your target date you got to get to to make your budget work through it very good to see that number in front of you. Um, 
and then here at the top, this is based on last week. So when you went through and you actually created a budget and you decided how much you had for everything, this is the row where you're going to go in and write in every single line item in your budget. So if you need uh, you know, another one for eating out, you would write eating out up here. Right. I didn't put a shopping category in mine, but I can absolutely see that you could need one for you. So. Very good. Got a good crowd today. All right, in, in this next row, this next row is the budget goal. So this is actually straight off your budget, right? If you're going to have um, your tithe is 300 or your groceries are 200 or you're eating out or if you had a, a shopping budget, you know, you could uh, put in $100 for that if it, that's what it said. Um, huh? Guess or go. Yeah, maybe. You, and this is, I'm just making numbers up here. So don't hold me to any of these. I'm just, this is more for the practice of seeing how this thing works. And you guys will do it for yourselves if you want to use this tool. Um, you don't have to touch these next two rows, spent to date or amount remaining. Those are just formulas that look down at the rest of it. And that'll just kind of tell you how you're doing as you go. Sorry, I'm backing this out right now for those on the podcast, so see how this works. Okay. So you kind of see, here you are at the beginning of your month. You put in your budget goals. The amount remaining is all the exact same amount, right? Um, but now we, we're actually living through the month, and we need to go and spend it. So we go and we write a check. We know our budget is $800 a month. That's usually a very easy one for us all. We go and write that to the landlord on the first of the month. Spent to date is there, and the amount remaining is zero, and you're done with that budget for the month, right? Uh, be nice if all yours work just that easily. Okay. Uh, savings. So this is a, uh, one where I think people um, don't think about it and uh, in, in how to put it together well. But if you're talking about savings and this is your budget, the point of that is you set it aside usually at the very beginning when you're you're doing it, right? So hey, it's the beginning of the month. I have told myself I'm setting aside. $300, and the easiest way probably is you have a savings account. You go in and you transfer $300 out of that checking over to the savings and forget about it. And it's gone, right? That's that's the savings of the month. Um, same with tithe, right? If you you decided, hey, my tithe is $300 a month. Um, or in some of these people are like biweekly checks. So you could parcel this out. You could do it like a couple hundred fifties or something like that. But um, here again, if, if it's gone and you don't have the ability to spend it, you know, Go ahead and write that check, and it's it's there. You're, now you're really getting to the other areas of the month where you have more discretion, and this is where we want to talk about we've changed a lot of behaviors. We've done the hard work, and we've taken out the, um, some of these major expenses that we wanted to set aside. The savings is done. We already put the hard work in planning what that's supposed to look like last week. We put the hard work in planning what a tithe looks like. That's last week. That's first fruits, right? Um, you know, paying God of the first fruits. 
Second is, why don't you pay yourself before your debtors? That's what an emergency fund's about, right? Um, you have to pay the minimums sometimes, but there's a lot there that you can take right off the top and change your behavior throughout the rest of the month to kind of compensate for the good decisions you made early on. Um, say, hey, June 6th, I've done a good job. I'm going to take myself out to the movies, uh, right? And you're spending, I don't know, maybe take a date and you go and spend $30 on movie tickets. Great. Uh, Trader Joe's, uh, I don't know what's out there, but maybe you spend 50 bucks on, on food, right? That you got the groceries, that's totally reasonable. Stock up that fridge. Um, and you're so happy with yourself at this point that you're like, now I've got to reward myself because I've been doing such a good job with this budget. I go out and I'm spending it on concert tickets, right? Well, so yeah, now uh, there's, a, there's a formula in here. If you go into the negative, it's going to tell you and, and show up in red, right? So now you say, okay, I want to spend money on those concert tickets, and I'm out that $30, right? Uh, so that's why I highlighted this row. doesn't mean necessarily can't do it, but then you're going to have to make some hard decisions, right? I can't do the, I can overspend on the entertainment, but maybe I can take it out of somewhere else. Maybe it's that eating out budget. If I just did $30 there, maybe that means I'm going to reallocate um, money out of one bucket into another throughout the month, right? But this needs to change our mind as we go. So... I'm going to add another row here. What we'll do to balance it back out, right? So I'll put a negative 30 here and a positive 30 there, right? It zeroes now. I'm now out of danger because I've gotten rid of that red. I just have a little less to eat now for going out, right? So. I might be able to go to Starbucks. Um, and, you know, keep going throughout the month, and as you're spending money, just add a row, and, and the formulas above should keep tracking, and you can see the amount remaining. That's how much you have left at any point if you're trying to make decisions about what you can do. Um, if you overspend on gas, hey, $70 wasn't enough. I, I underestimated what that cost to go drive my car around. Again, go ahead and figure out how to take it out of a different part of your budget that maybe you, you've done better and you don't need that amount. Okay, I didn't really need $200 in groceries. I really only needed that 160 at this point, and I'm well stocked up once I've made my Costco run. So uh, you can move the budget around. And I'm showing you how to do this because when you get to next month, this is only the budget for June. When you get to the end of June, July is going to come up at you, and now you have to make a new budget. You can, often you can reuse what you did the month before, but if you're smart, you take a look at what you did the prior month, and you see where were the decisions made. Where was I falling short? Where was I over-allocating? I really didn't need that much for groceries because I, I just kind of overestimated that one. So you can fine-tune yourself. You can change your habits. Um, and at the same time, you know, at, at this point in the month, it's the 21st, and you say, hey, I want to go get concert tickets again, and you figure out, well okay, hold on, I don't have another $100 to spend on that thing. I only have $50 for the rest of my month, and it's, I've still got to eat. So maybe you change your mind, right? But this is what a good budget does for you, is if you're using it throughout the month and you're tracking what you're doing, it's helping you correct now so you're not whipping out that credit card. You're not going and overspending now or dipping into the savings that you set aside for what was a true emergency, right? Does that help, guys? 
cool. So, um, and this is the Excel model. You don't have to use this one. I just did it because I wanted you guys to have something. Um, those other tools I talked about, the software, um, the um, uh, some of the other things like the envelope method, that would work as well. Go ahead. It, it's going to be on the podcast, yes. Yeah, but I just want to make that pretty interactive so you guys would see this is what you want to do throughout the month as you guys have set up that good budget. All right. Now when I asked kind of who did all the homework for the, the month and in a room of 50 plus people, I think I had two people raise their hand. Uh, maybe the people are just shy, but... Um, this is the next topic, accountability, right? My title at work is I'm an accountant. And there's a reason that they call you that because uh, with the money of the company, I'm supposed to give an account for what goes on. And it's very much tied into that idea. Um, this is what we need to be doing also with the money that we have. You need to give an account um, to yourself um, before God, right? This is what you're doing with what he's given you. And, and this is where other people are really going to help you out. So the big thing about accountability is partner up. A lot of times we live in a silo. Money is a very sensitive topic to talk about, and we don't get the real help that we need with it. Um, and we have a lot of great people. Even that they aren't financial experts, the fact that you're sitting down and taking the time and they're asking you questions and you're looking at it together, you guys are smart enough to know how to do this. This, um, The most math that goes into accounting is like addition and subtraction and multiplication, maybe on a crazy day. So it, you guys are well equipped if you got past the third grade. Uh, just you know, Now it's actually about opening it up and putting it into practice what you've known all along. Uh, but I would encourage you to partner up. I would um, Even people in this room, if you guys are all here to hear about budgeting, it's because you're all interested in that topic and um, want it for yourselves. And probably there's someone near you that wants the same thing. So I choose you to, uh, encourage you to find someone for your own ministry and that you guys will be good deep partners in this area um, that uh, some of you trust that you can actually open up a budget with and look together and, and do these things. Um, discipling, relationship, discipling relationships that you already have, too. Uh, you probably have a few people who are in your lives and know you well and know your, the good habits and the bad, right? These people are also the ones you want to open up a budget with um, if you're really serious about getting better in this area. Um, and the final category I want to talk about is professional help. Uh, you know, there, we have a lot of people in this room who can figure out basic budgets, but as you um, uh, are doing it, there's some really great experts out there. So maybe if, you, if you're okay at budgeting, but you just really want to get better, you want to save up for those, those bigger goals, you really don't know when do I spend this or when do I save it. Um, like there's some really good questions out there. When do I replace an aging car, right? Like, hey, it's on its last legs. Do I keep putting money in it for repairs? Or do I have to go and, and save some money up so I can go buy a new one? Um, there are experts out there that can help you, you make all kinds of decisions like that or um, decisions about where you put your money for retirement when you put those plans together. Um, but my point is here, get accountable to each other. Partner up and ask very, very specific questions, a few that I wanted to point out, um, and, and ask these and make sure that you're, you're doing this. A lot of times when people get together, the question will come out as, hey, how are you doing your finances? What's the answer you usually get on that one? 
fine, okay. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. But, uh, <laughs> right? Like, if you're not getting specific and, and then the person asking you is just about the, as shallow, then how, how about you doing? Well, yeah, probably same. Great. So that, that was helpful to you, right? I think you guys just both acknowledge that you, you're not doing very much at all. Um, or maybe you just don't know because you're not getting deep. So let's get deep with each other. Um, the best way to do that is to um, prove what you've been giving an account, right? We talked about that. That model that I walked you through, if that's what you use, whip that out and talk about it. Here's what I've been doing. Here's where I've been falling down. Here's uh, you know, where I've been doing great at it. And you talk about it. Look at the big variances. Are you way overspending in a certain category and you don't know how to correct that habit? Um, or are you saving a bunch of areas that you, you just don't understand maybe how to, how to do that right? You guys can talk about what that was supposed to look like. Um, I encourage you to, when I talk about rebudgeting, right? you uh, want to ask each other about upcoming expenses. So maybe you think, hey, I have a good budget. I made it for June, and, it, and in fact, it even worked again for July. But by August, oh my gosh, I, I had my annual renewal on my car insurance, and that wasn't in my budget, and I didn't see that coming. You got, are you asking the questions of, is your budget right for you? Is there something that's not reflected in there that's going to come and hit you? Um, asking those questions is really good. Ask about the progress of your savings. Hey, so you, I know it's your goal right now to put together an emergency fund and you're trying to put together that one month of expenses, um, but I see that you've been working on this for the last six months and you've only saved up about $50 and you're going to <laughs> Starbucks and you know, sp spending that um, every month. You know, asking and, and ch making uh, different goals and asking about those goals and how you guys are doing it. How are you doing in paying down your debt? Is it going up or is it going down? Uh, and tracking that over time. Um, and asking each other about your attitudes about it. You know, are, hey, what's the heart behind the budget, right? It, don't just say, hey, I'm not good with numbers, right? Like, it, it, not that this is easy for people, but are you really putting the time and effort into doing this right? Um, the fact that we're even talking about this. Um, and how is your attitude about giving towards God? Uh, a lot of times when I talk with people about that, it's not that they don't want to do it. It's that they feel so stressed out by all the things going on in life that God just moves to the bottom of the pile. But um, that's because bad habits are just taking over, right? And, and you're making the wrong decisions. And then you get really nervous about talking about that when it should be something that's hey I gave to God out of first fruits I'm figuring out the rest of it um, it, it should be a, a, a gift and it shouldn't be something that stresses you out um, if you're if you're doing it right but being able to talk with each other about that openly um, is something that will give you a lot of comfort around it and help you build the right habits about it Okay, so at this point, well, we wanted to talk a little bit about breaking old habits or saving. Um, for me, over the course of um, working in my field, you know, you progress or finances kind of tend to go in a good direction at a certain point in your life. Um, I mentioned to you last week, but that there was a point in my life where it was not because I was laid off last year, but I did get um, a job by the end of the year, amen, by God's grace. But years ago, um, I, 
I would go to my accountant to work on my finances, and he would always talk about buying property, buying property, and I'm like, no, I'm going to get married, and then I'll get a house with my husband, sisters, right? And so, <laughs> but over the course of the over the course of time, um, he kept stressing that, and I also came across an opportunity, a part-time opportunity that um, allowed for supplemental income, so income that I was not necessarily tapping into for regular expenses. And I was reluctant on sharing this because we're not promoting um, getting a second job <laughs> to save. That's by no means what the purpose of this is. But the purpose of it is if there is ex there are extra funds, um, income tax return, um, a bonus at work, um, any kind of random money that comes to you, you know, the recommendation, if you're able and you don't need it for other expenses, is to consider putting it into a savings account. And so for me, when I got the supplemental income, that's what I did with it most of the time. And it was a part-time job at a university teaching a health course. And it, originally, it was a part-time job, and it's still a part-time job, but it was a temporary contractual um, a quarter, something like no big deal, it's just one quarter. But they kept renewing it, and eight years later, I'm still teaching there. And so, fortunately, I was um, I got into the groove of actually putting some of those funds into a savings account. In about four or five years, I was able to save up enough money as a down payment for a home, um, a condo. So that's what I have right now, and it does help with um, tax return because. They were really taking out a lot of money from my, my check every month, and so that helped significantly. And that was from the tip that the accountant shared with me. And so the point of that is if there are any supplemental funds that come your way to, to consider, if that's a possibility, even a portion of it into a savings account for whatever it is that you intend or want to um, purchase down the road or move towards, it could be towards um, school, it could be towards a uh, car, did I say a car? <laughs> car, anything, anything that you want to um, purchase. But that's something that um, they, uh, it was suggested that I share with you, so I thought I would share that information. But by no means are we promoting second income. That job I took for experience, and it turned out to work out more than just that by God's grace. So I thought I would share that with you. Um, so the breaking old habits it goes back to that whole action plan and just identifying habits that you have acquired over the years and just finding out which ones you think will impede the progress towards your goal, what your goal is. So it doesn't have to be what everybody is doing, but it's what you want to achieve and what you want to accomplish. And so those are the things that I wanted to share right now. But we'll open it up for questions. This is probably a good time unless you wanted to cover more. Okay. Please use the white card if you have questions. Sure. Well, questions. I mean, I did want to go through a couple more points because I, I, I think this will answer a few of the things that you guys want to talk about. Um, we, we mentioned the concept of rebudgeting and kind of going through month to month and really looking at what you did last time, changing it for future things that you know are coming up. And the last one I really wanted to talk about was uh, long-term goals. Um, 
and this borrows heavily. Um, I, I know Dave Ramsey's a big speaker on, on a lot of this stuff, so you can definitely look at his materials. They're very good. He puts them up there for free. He just wants people, you know, to um, to take advantage of that. And he has also financial products if you're interested in, in going for there. Um, but some of the basic concepts is put that emergency fund together, right? And this is where we talked about start with that one month of living expenses. Um, just get it to the point where you're not going to be reaching for that credit card, right? That when, when a catastrophe happens, um, a true catastrophe. Second thing is to pay off debt. Debt is what gets us in so much trouble. We pay a ton of money for interest. Uh, there's actually laws on the books against usury, which is char the definition I think is charging interest in excess of 8%. Um, but there's a big exception in there, and that's if you're a corporation, right? And that's how credit card companies do this, is that they can go beyond these usual laws. So you can't do this with each other, but credit card, they can charge you whatever they want. Um, and that's because they figured out ways to write the laws and really enslave you. Get out of that debt. Um, you know, go get out of those credit cards, get out of those um, car payments, get out of those student loans, get out of whatever debt we're talking about, right? None of it's good. Um, and then uh, also beyond that, expand your emergency fund. It, let it be a full six months. If you lose a job, it, it's sometimes you can pick it up right away. That, that's kind of lucky. A lot of times, though, we know recent years, um, like 2008, 2009 crash, it takes a long time for people to, to get it up when something goes down. Um, or maybe your particular industry is getting phased out, right? You just have to reinvent yourself, give yourself more time. Um, and then, but once you're kind of doing this and you you finally got your plans together, remember that your budget's changing. You no, no longer need a line item there for debt or maybe even that emergency fund if you've fully built it up. You need to start talking about the long-term goals you want to save for. You want to start putting money aside for retirement, um, ideally like 15%, but I also see 10% out there sometimes. Um, there's a lot of tax-advantaged accounts that you can do if you have an employer. Um, oftentimes, they'll have a 401k if you're private or if you're government, more uh, like a 43B. Um, or that you can personally do it with IRAs. There's um, before-tax IRAs and after-tax IRAs called like a, a Roth IRA. Um, and a good financial planner can help you do these or maybe someone at your bank. Um, do be careful when you're picking up these things. Take a look at what fees they charge you. They shouldn't charge you very much, if anything at all. Um, and then the last uh, bit of it is setting your own goals. So maybe you, you've done a great job with your budgets and you want to save up for a deposit on a home or you, know, you need to replace that car, right? Uh, but saving up for, for those deposits. These are the things that you should be considering and making budget a part of your life when not only just when you're struggling with it, but developing good habits. I live on a budget, and I've been doing this a very long time. Um, I don't plan to get off one. I still want to know where I am, right? And, and But I'm adjusting myself, and what my budget looked like 10 years ago does not look like what it was five years ago or even uh, a couple years ago. And so this is, these are all because I, I have different goals, and as you hit them, you change them and you adapt, okay? Um, the last bit is I just wanted to open up first some q and I have a, a few up here, and then... As we have time, I'll, um, I'll just take some more from the audience. Um, uh, the question I get is, I get paid weekly. Any tips on how to work on my budget different from monthly? Yes. So uh, if you're getting paid weekly, you can do it a couple ways. You could um, create those budgets. So it's like, like that budget tool is June 1 to June 30. If you wanted to, you could do it on a weekly budget, right? Hey, what do I have to pay this week? Um, and run it up to there so that way you know when you're done. 
Um, usually it's more, a little more practical to do it from the full month view just because you have a lot of like one-time expenses each month. But then you have to be a little bit more careful of where the timing of your payments are in if you don't have very much in your bank account to start with. Um, and uh, this is where you're, you're kind of building up a little bit of, uh, of a cash in that checking account. It's going to really help you so that you're not worried about just the actual timings of it. Um, but a monthly budget should normally serve you pretty well when you're, you're kind of doing that. Um, how do you how do you budget if oh, okay I think someone just said the same question or how do, how do you budget if you pay weekly I tend to spend more um, if you're spending more take a look at it it you, you might be spending more on a certain week here and there that would make sense to me but if you're spending more every week than you bring in every week then there's a real problem going on um, so take a look at where that money those outflows are, are going uh, and sitting down with your friends, your your accountability partners, and you guys, I'm sure, are smart enough to kind of sit down together and, and figure out where all this timing is going to happen. Um, what are some tips on saving without? Uh, oh, I think I actually had that one already. Uh, okay, I think I went through the question, the written questions. Anybody else have questions in the audience? Sure. So the, the question was how to how to schedule yourself um, for interviews for other jobs when you're working a full-time job, um, and the answer there is I would work with uh, talk with whoever your 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 contact is. Um, oftentimes you can do phone interviews, like if you have lunch breaks, um, you can sometimes ask for morning or evenings, just letting you know your situation. Um, you can sometimes if you don't get sick leave or vacation that's paid you are able to take unpaid leave if that's an option for you and you really um, do want to invest. Sometimes that hour doesn't make that difference one way or the other. Um, but that's a little more unusual. Just usually work with the, whoever recruiter or HR person that, that you're applying for that job is and see what they can't do. Um, if you're talking about is it part-time jobs instead of that full-time job? Is that what you're interested in? Or are you talking about a part-time on top of the full-time? On top of full-time. Yeah, so if you're talking supplemental, then you're probably talking about you're going to be working during hours that you don't work now anyway, so they should be able to somehow accommodate it if that's the job for you. Just talk with them. Um, it's it's probably both. So um, it as a total, as a, sorry, the question was, what is the 10 to 15 percent when you're saving as, aside for retirement? It tends to work out to be both um, because it's a percentage, but uh, for you it's probably 10 to 15 percent of the gross of what your paycheck is because that's usually we're a lot more closer to the paycheck we just got rather than thinking of it as a full year. Um, and it's usually better to spread it throughout. So if, you, if you're working a job, oftentimes you'll have 401ks which have a match provision. And it'll say something like matching the first, th uh, matching 50% on the first 6% that you put aside. But that match provision 
won't necessarily work if you like backload all of it or front load all of it. You have to do it evenly throughout. So um, definitely take a look at what plans y you might be talking about uh, setting aside money. Um, if it's an IRA, then it you might be saving it up for a while. You could probably put it in all at once. But usually when you're doing good savings habits, if you take a little bit out that's the same amount all the time, um, it usually works pretty well for people. Um, any other questions? No? All right. Well, thank you guys. Oh, sorry, one more. Yes, the question was, uh, how do you take out taxes of your contract, uh, independent contractor? Um, independent contractors have to make quarterly estimated tax payments. Um, and so that's to both federal and to the state that you're in. Uh, they're due four, uh, four times a year. And so what you need to be doing is you need to be setting aside money, um, kind of like a sinking fund. If you, you kind of go back to last week's podcast, we talked a little more about it, but setting a set of setting aside a certain amount each month that's just reserved for that those taxes maybe you're opening up another savings account and throwing it in there that's a good way to just kind of keep your hands off that money until it's time to write the check to the IRS um, for that type of thing uh, it's let's see I think it's uh, near 15% just for the uh, payroll tax side of it, but then you have to add on top of that your normal federal and state withholding that come out. So usually you can do this by sitting down with like whoever helps you do your taxes, um, or if you look at TurboTax software, a lot of times it'll figure it out. If you looked at last year's and say this is what I want to make estimated tax payments off of, usually a little tool in there that can help you do that. Um, it's kind of hard to just tell you off the top of my head because it depends on where you are in the spectrum. But it, you definitely pay more as an independent contractor because you're not just taking care of the things that your employer used to deduct, you actually have to add on top all the stuff that your employer paid out that you never even saw. So, okay. Guys, I think we're probably out of time, but if you have any more questions, I'll stick around a little bit and can, can answer after, okay? Thank you very much. You've just listened to the Elevate podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.